going on, man? How you been? Uh, okay. How's it going? Yeah, are you sure? <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. You sound uh, a little tired or something. Yeah, a little tired. Yeah. How's it going with you? What's that? How's it going with you? Oh, man, you know, plugging along. Another day. Yeah. Same shit. Another day. Yeah. But, you know, it's important to keep it in perspective, I suppose, right? It could be a lot worse. That is a very good point. Today, I went to uh, the, um, there's this beer store that has, like, beer and wine store that's got all kinds of stuff, and I've got a 12 beers of Christmas from my father-in-law. That's what I built. I compiled my own mix, if you will. So that was kind of fun to do. Left the house. It was like a field trip. Nice. Yeah. It's uh, sort of um, hard, though, because I, I found myself, like, I would just, halfway through this 12, I was like, well, these are all porters and stouts. I got to mix it up a little bit. Definitely could see where my tastes go. Yeah, I'd stick to porters and stouts. Yeah. So I tried to mix it up a little bit with, for him. But he, he and I have similar tastes, so I guess it, I guess he's not too, but, you know, fat off by getting something I prefer or something I would get. So it's, what episode is this, dude? Welcome to Scatterbrain episode 45. So keeping things in perspective, are we? Trying to, right? Yeah, yeah. I think that uh, it's kind of a, a trip to see all the different things that have come up from these types of, the type of situation that everyone's in right now, you know? Yeah. I think that weighs pretty on a lot of people because there's not much outlet for hanging out and stuff, I guess. At least not for me. I'm not trying to go out and do all this crazy stuff, you know? Not for anybody, really. People are going crazy. Would you would you travel around, like, if you had this helmet that was portable and it fit on your head and it was comfortable, and you were just, like, could go around and not think about it because it was all, like, self-contained and air filtered air and everything? Well, I'll just go around anyway wearing a mask, so. I know, but would you go to, like, a concert or something like that? <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> <laughs> What? I'm just asking you. I saw I saw this thing called microclimate. Uh, it's this helmet. It's called Air, and it's yeah. like a space helmet thing that goes around. And they're dude, they're 300 bucks. Oh God! <laughs> if you choose to check it out, it's microclimate.com. Uh huh. And it's got like this. It goes like a sock thing that goes over your head, and it's this clear acrylic <clears throat> like moon helmet. Nice. It's kind of gnarly. What do you have to blow it up? No, it just goes over, and then it's got like it's you know it's got this like sock thing that goes you know it's like a seal it creates a seal around your neck and so then you've you got walk. these little fans in the back and it oh, like nice. sucks the air out and stuff and you can talk and all that and so it's kind so, of yeah, so you can walk around with a fishbowl on your head uh, yeah look do they look really funny they look like space helmets awesome yeah but but it'd be that thing that you know you'd see if you go to like apple or google like one of their like big campus things with all the tech guys there'd probably be a couple of those guys running around with those You'd think. Hell, no one giving a crap about the climate. We're going to have to wear that shit anyway soon. I know. Actually, I read an article today that apparently, now I'm not, don't quote me on this. I don't even know where it was that I saw it right now. I couldn't remember. But they were saying that probably because of, you know, less driving and stuff like that, the demand for oil's down. People aren't traveling as much. That Good. it's actually affecting the carbon thing uh-huh. pretty, pretty favorably. Yeah. Yeah. I, I brought that up before. It's actually a good thing for the environment. It was nice when I had to drive far, too. It was nice not having to just sit and stall traffic, too. Man, it was a nightmare. Have you thought about I know you were thinking about getting like an electric car. Have you thought more about that? Uh, I'm close enough to work now that I'm I'm going to get a, a nice bicycle soon, and I'm just going to ride my bike to work. How far is it, do you think? How far of a ride would that be? Oh, I don't know. Probably take me 40, 40 minutes or so. Yeah, 45 minutes. That's not so minutes. bad. That's not so no. bad. There's that path right over here too that goes right um, right along the freeway, uh-huh. the the bike path. I see bikes on there all the time when I'm going to work. I could see you with your little like spandex pants and your aerodynamic helmet with the like Macho Man Randy Savage looking glasses. Oh sure. You're going along shaving your legs. Oh sure. <laughs> bright pink. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> bright pink with my with my uh, fishbowl helmet on. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Ridiculous. <laughs> well, speaking of space, we talked about the Mars Perseverance mission yeah. on a, the Space Probe episode, right? Yep. When was that? What episode was that? Do you remember? Oh, no, I don't. Um, what is it supposed you don't to have get? It, you don't have it right on, on the top of your memory? No, I don't. Isn't it supposed to get there in, like, February or something? Yeah, February 18th. Yeah, so what's the news? Well, so I, I looked at the 
mars.nasa.gov site for it. It is 72.2% of the trip completed so far. Oh, wow. That's fast. It's traveling relative to the sun, which I mean, I presume means away from the sun, at 54,164 miles per hour, or 87,169 kilometers per hour. Holy shit, that's fast. It's pretty fast. It's traveled over 211 million miles, or 340 million kilometers, wow. with about 81 million miles remaining, and that's about 130 million kilometers. Okay. Now, I think if you were on that ship right now, headed to Mars for your vacation, how bored you would be right now? When, because it launched when in like, uh, was it like March or something like that? When did we do that episode, man? God, I don't, I, I don't remember. I think it was in June or July. Something yeah. like, yeah, something like that. Space probes. Was it episode twenty? That sounds correct. Yeah, that sounds right. Oh man, that's a long. Yeah, that's time. it. That's a, that's a long time. June through and i think it was actually in july it was like let's say the first week of july i actually watched it it was pretty cool i think it was like the first week of july right if you just figure kind of around to the round month what is that seven months yep that thing's hauling butt yeah what would you do for seven months if you were on there sleep i hope they need to like have self-induced uh you know have stasis or whatever yeah so you can seven just go, months. To, go to sleep and wake up and you're there that's probably would need to happen, right? To travel anywhere far. God, that would drive me nuts. I'd be regretting the journey. Yeah, uh, you think it's bad going to Europe where it's like 11 hours from the East Coast? <laughs> I can't even imagine seven months. Or going to Russia or flying to New Zealand. What is that? 20-something hours or something? No, thank you. I mean, I would love to go. That'd be awesome. I've always wanted to go up, go to Australia. There's nothing in Australia. It's just flat. Different flat, though. I mean, they got all kinds of cool animals there, you know? I suppose that's true. You want to go well, to Australia? I can't even get you over here. Like, so, again, like I said before, you're not going to go to Australia, are you? Yeah, probably not. Probably just stay here. Probably not even going to Hawaii. No? I, Have you I ever like been to Hawaii? Yeah, when I was a kid. I kind of remember it, actually. But I got a, a text from Kent saying, you know, uh, oh, I got to go out and shovel some more snow. And it made me realize how happy I am to be here. Yeah, you're right. I do not miss snow. It's it's so white. It's just so so annoying when it's just nothing but snow everywhere, and you walk outside, and it's just white. Nothing but white. And having to shovel it. I mean, I've only traveled to the snow, but I've been an avid snowboarder for a while. Not so much lately, but there was, and so I definitely I was explaining to the kids, hey, they were like, let's go move to the snow, and I said, no, it sucks. You have to shovel snow, and the, the plows come by and plow out the roads. Which, if you're parked on the side, of course, you get buried in, and you have to dig your way out. Have you ever tried driving on ice? It's a nightmare. Oh, yeah, I have. I yeah, spent a lot a, of time in the mountains. It's disconcerting when you're, like, giving it gas and turning your wheels and nothing's happening and you're just going straight. I'm like, no, slam. Yeah, yeah I, actually, I got I got into an accident up in Oregon years ago. It was this other dude driving this big old V8 SUV, Toyota something, probably like the whatever their big one is. And he was, turns out he was just some, like, weenie that was had borrowed his brother's truck or something and didn't know how to drive he's thinking he had you know his four-wheel drive so he can go drive regularly right like he would down in wherever he's from in southern california and fortunately it was just on straight roads you know and it wasn't like at super high speed but i could see him and he was coming on he was like one lane in one lane out kind of thing and i saw it and it's like oh that that guy's coming towards me okay well i have to adjust is he coming yeah he is you know and I was able to kind of get out of the way, and he hit me and stuff, but it wasn't, like, fun. Head, per se. head on? It wasn't head on or anything. No, 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 no. No, I had room to. But it was just, you know, one of these things that, yeah, I could see him, like, trying to adjust, and he's not familiar with how to drive in snow or ice. Wow. Yeah. That's, uh, I guess, kind of the nature of it, though, when you go around. You, you've skied or snowboarded and stuff, right? You used to ski. Uh, skied, yeah. Skiing's any, fun. Any good? Any, any good? I thought I was pretty good, but... Um, as good as your golf game? <laughs> no, I'm way better than uh, golf, yeah. Golf is, hard. <laughs> golf is harder than you'd think it would be. Golf is hard. I, I played more golf than I care to remember. Yeah, I had uh, 22 strokes on the third hole. I pretty much <laughs> gave up, so... Yeah. Yeah, that's a fun story, but we'll, another day. <laughs> yeah, another time, probably. Yeah. Depression is a weird thing. <laughs> <laughs> 
So you do anything? You can do anything for Christmas? Getting like decorated lights in your house or anything like that? You don't? No, I have to work. So yeah, you gonna watch movies? You watch movies and stuff, don't you? Yeah, not so much anymore. Probably well, you're boring, dude. Uh, yeah, I'm boring. It's you're nothing watching. to do. Nothing to do when you can't go anywhere and you have no, you know, families all in Colorado. So I just instantly signed up to work because there's nothing else to do. So nothing else to do. That sucks. <laughs> So you don't have Not to really. do any, you don't have to do any shopping or anything for anyone. Not really. I just I imagine the alternative, you know, a house full of relatives and being with a bunch of people and I'm like, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I'm happy I'm happier just being alone. <laughs> yeah, well and they have to be, you know, this year I have to be a little more uh, aware of everything. People who are all into Christmas are probably hating it because they can't get all the family together and Yeah, certainly. So oh, but then have... people like you are off the hook. Yep. <laughs> So you have lights everywhere and stuff, don't you? Yeah, I've got lights out front. I've got a couple of, like, an inflatable up on my roof, which, dude, I thought it was going to fly off when we had those really big winds a couple weeks ago. I'm surprised it, it survived. I, t- well, I tied it down at three spots. It survived. I was, I was very surprised. Got lights, got the tree up. Got, of course, 8,000 wreaths everywhere, that kind of thing. 10,000 individual bulbs, like, like a, what's that, Griswold? <laughs> The Griswolds, the uh, Christmas National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yeah, yeah, S- sucking off the grid, so all the all the lights <laughs> downtown go wall, wall. Yeah. yeah, that's on my list to watch. Still, I haven't watched that one yet. I've watched like Home Alone and Home Alone Two. I watch. I watch that European Vacation probably every year for Christmas. That's my, that's my Christmas movie. European, yeah, that, that's a good one. Or not European, um, Christmas Vacation. Christmas yeah. Vacation, yeah. So funny, yeah. Shitter was full. Yeah, I love it. <laughs> yeah. Any other movies? I, we like to watch the Elf, the Will Ferrell one. Have you seen that one? Yeah, I saw that in the theater. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't so much a fan. It's probably good now, though. Yeah, it's pretty funny. I like it. It's pretty funny. What else right is on. good? The Christmas Story. Did you ever watch that? Get into that one with the one with uh, the oh, teen and the BB gun and all that? Oh, yeah. They, I think they still play that 24 hours straight on that one channel, don't they? I think you're probably right. Yeah. That's I have funny. it on like the disc or whatever, so we watch it, of course. It's a good what, one. It's pretty funny. Whatever happened to that kid? Um, I have no idea. I don't think he did any other movies, did he? He used to be on Real People, didn't he? I think he did. I, I couldn't tell you. He was like Peter Billings or something like that. Yeah, or Billingsley or something. Yeah. What was the? Uh, let's see, Red Rifle or something. Oh, it was called uh, A Christmas Story. No, no, no. The 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 um the gunny one. Oh, the, the Red Rider BB gun. Red Rider, yeah, that's right. That movie's a pretty pretty good one of those ones you could just drop in. I've seen it so many times, I could just drop in right in the middle somewhere and watch it, enjoy it. It's pretty good. Peter Billingsley. Is that his name, Peter Billingsley? I'm looking. There it is. There it is. American actor. Oh, my God. He doesn't look anything. Oh, my God. Oh, he looks totally familiar. So he does still act. What does he do? Okay, I totally recognize him. Without his glasses as an adult, he looks like uh, someone who's in a lot of stuff. Let's see. He's younger than me. How sad. We had TV shows, Real People. That's cool. So, there was so he, st- he stayed pretty active and stuff? Well, let's see. He was in Couples Retreat in 2009. He was in Elf. In Elf? I vaguely... I, I don't think I would remember that. What is that? He was what in does Iron he do? He what was does he do Iron in that one? What, what is his part in Elf? <clears throat> oh, geez. I don't know. Let's see. But it, Buddy's singing Cheer Along. Let's see. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. wait. One, of the, one of his like guys that he sings with? During his little... No, I don't know. It's just what it said there. Um, Peter Billingsley is Ming Ming. What is Ming Ming? <laughs> one of the door, one of the extra elves, I guess, or something. Yeah. Ming Ming. I don't know. I'll know again. I watch it every year. I should know it, but... How funny. It doesn't help that I'm usually like after dinner with wine or something watching it with everyone. <laughs> I don't remember it now. <laughs> Let's see what other... I'm now curious. What other, he was in Iron Man. He was in The Breakup. Four Christmases. Charlie's in a bunch of movies. And pretty active. He doesn't wear those glasses anymore, so that makes him unrecognizable. Wild West comedy show, Death Valley, Spider-Man, The Dirt Bike Kid. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, that that was one of those movies I think that was like a movie for a Saturday afternoon. I think I remember seeing that one. Oh, really? Yeah. I, I don't so remember cool. it, but that sounds very familiar. Burt Reynolds, Paternity. He was in 1981's Paternity. Okay, These are all so. movies that I would never have seen. Oh, sure. Let's see here. Yeah, okay, well. At least he's not dead. He's been, been yeah. active and stuff. He's not dead, so yeah. And he's he's iconic uh, to me. I don't know. I have, I have very fond memories of watching this movie as a kid. It's a classic to me. I forgot that Burt Reynolds died. 
there was one movie he did where he played a um, who is the guy DB Cooper, the guy who got away from the you know jumped out of the plane with all that money. Oh, uh, uh, it was catch cold. me if you can. No, no, no. No. Burt Reynolds was in God. What was that movie? I don't know. It was it was a uh, up the creek. No, not up the creek. Um. Oh, uh, without a paddle. That's what it was. Yeah, never never seen it. Let's let's uh review something today, huh? The new album from Gamma Bomb. Yep. Dude, yeah, this is a this is a fun album. I I like this album. Have you it's listened called, to it? Yeah, it's called Sea Savage. Sea Savage. Yeah. Twelve songs, thirty-eight minutes. When did it come out? Fairly recently. I didn't oh, look to see. Savage. Oh, sorry. Yeah, it just came out actually. This is I, I this is an addictive album. I've been playing this like constantly for the last week or so. I can see it's right down your alley. It's funny though too. I love this. Came out in uh, what December fourth. December oh wow, 4th. so it's brand new. Yeah, and it's twelve songs, thirty-eight minutes. I've been listening to these guys for a good ten years though. So their last this, album was this, last album wasn't all that great, but this one's I think is a lot better. This is on Prosthetic, right? I think is what it was. The same guys that did uh, like the old Skeleton, which I don't know who Skeleton, which is with now. Oh, oh, the the company or the um, yeah. yeah. The album or, or the uh, label, rather. Did you watch the? Um, there's a song on your Miami Super Cops. There's a video for it that Chuck and I watched, and we were just laughing our asses off. It's so funny, dude. No, I did not see a video for it. You should watch the Miami Super Cops video for it. It it makes the song so much better, actually, because it's you can't understand what he's saying. He's singing so fast. Yeah, the video is just classic. They actually have a few videos on this album. It's just yeah. like straight. It's like fast, like thrash, huh? Almost like a lot more punk. You could hear the punk. Influence a couple of in songs. It. Yeah, God, these, the guitar players are so good, though. These yeah. guys are ripping guitar players, and the drummer is so fast. It's like, damn, every song, every song is just crazy fast. Yeah, they are but fast. Yeah. These guys are from Ireland, right? Yeah, yeah. they definitely, uh, they definitely drink, don't they? <laughs> yeah. From in 2002, the current members are Joe. McGeehan on bass and vocals, uh, Philly Byrne on, also on vocals, Demo Dixon on guitars lead, and John Roche on rhythm guitars. And oh, you I, like I, it, clearly, right? I mean, it sounds like... Oh, it's so it's so fun. It's addictive. It's just, yeah. It, I've been pl- probably driving my roommate nuts playing this album, but yeah, it's good. They're, it seems like right down your style, or right, right down your alley, completely your style. Kind of is not so much the singer. The singer kind of it's a definitely a throwback kind of style singing, for, you know, to the '80s, the the high pitched screams and stuff, you know. Yeah. But that's he does like, it kind of. He does it kind of. It's all it's all kind of campy and tongue in cheek, which is what makes it kind of good. That's sort of like not my vocals aren't really my style, but he pulls off a lot of he does pull off a lot of cool tricks with like no. syncing with the guitars and you know that kind of stuff and going like high low. And high low again, you know, kind of done doing some cool things. Yeah, his really his really high pitched screams though. He does them in certain spots that just makes it funny to me. It's yeah. like com- it's like comical. It's like yeah. well, it was interesting because to me there there was like it sounds like almost like Blitz is on that first the first track. Oh, judo killer. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like there's, a, there's a couple musical parts too that reminded me of Overkill. Did you did you pick up on something though? What's that? There was a Love Thy Neighbor riff in there somewhere. No. There yes. was? Yeah. Where? Where? Uh, Monsterizer, about halfway through. Oh, no. <laughs> we were are first. Are we going to have to take him to court? We were first. <laughs> are we going to have to take him to court for that? <laughs> well, could, you blame, could you blame them for wanting to steal that one, Ian? No, I couldn't. That's ours, though. Damn it. So, what is it? What happens? I missed it. Completely. Oh, just the. Uh, is there a stop? Is there like a Black Sabbath ripoff lead it's in there? The, it's the. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, we must contact our lawyers. Right. No, I didn't. I didn't even hear that. I'm glad I didn't. I would have been upset. Go listen to it. That's Mom, a good song. Mom's yeah, it's a good it song. It's a good song. It's a good song. Uh, I like I like Ready Steady Goat too. That's a fun song, dude. In the last song, Gone Haywire. I like all these songs. I think the the um, I don't know. I just like I like the concept of these songs. Every song is like a little miniature campy movie kind of. You can tell they draw off of like old cheesy '80s movies and stuff as well. Yeah, I don't I don't usually list, pay attention to lyrics. This is a band where you really should, because it, it makes it so much more entertaining when you're when you know what he's saying. 
That's well, why there's, I, the, there's the one track that I did notice actually. I was going to ask you about. It's called "She's Not My Mother," Todd. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. that a reference to Terminator Two when John Connor's like talking to the stepdad and he's like, "She's not my mother, Todd," and then he I takes off I, on the motorcycle. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, that's I, the one. That song's definitely punk sounding to me. Yeah. And uh, Iron Blood, that's a good song too. Lords of the Hellfire Club. She, uh, my favorite song on here is probably Sheer Khan, though. Sheer Khan is really good. Huh. Yeah, that was one actually I didn't care for. Maybe I was getting bored there. For me, like Rusty Jaw is a really good one. Yeah, I have a feeling you didn't listen to this more than once. I actually I listened to it multiple times, and it, it didn't. It didn't. I actually w- had a, a rating in mind, and then today, as I was listening to it again, I decided I might actually upgrade it a half. Yeah, so yeah. It kind of grew on me. Uh huh. That's the thing about this album is it really. I mean, the first time I heard it, I was like, okay, this is better than their last album. I'm I'm pleased. And then I listen to it again, and just certain things start to stick out or stand out with the album, and and it gets better. And then the third time it was like even better. And then and then it got to the point where it's like I've been listening to this every day since it came out, enjoying the hell out of it. Crank. Yeah. I woke up and the first thing I did this morning was cranked it and just had had a great time in the shower. Just like yeah, I love this album. Yeah, Sea Savage, the title track, was one I didn't really like. And yeah. then as I just got into it more, it actually started to becoming maybe like in my top three or four songs on the album. Oh, really? Okay. And yeah, and that's what, you know, just the album got better for me as I listened to it. Maybe perhaps because I noticed more of it. I think initially I was sort of put off by the by the vocals just because, you know, that's not really my style. Well, it's uh, it's it's I, it's different. I mean, it's not they're not it's not necessarily my style either, but it's it's almost like he's hearkening back to the '80s sound in a way. And some of the stuff he did vocally, like in the choruses, totally sound like stuff that's been done before. Yeah. And so they're playing off of other things, but um, yeah. Anyway, yeah, I I can see that. Not really my style of vocals either, but like I said, the campiness of it and the humor in it, and um, you know, certain parts where he does a really high pitched screams and. Mm-hmm. Parts that just make it funny as hell, you know? Yeah. Well, he did do a couple of spots, like I said, that there was one song in particular. I don't know if I took note of it. Uh, actually, um, no, I don't remember. I did not take note of it. But he, he kind of sings like with the guitar as the, the guitar goes into a lead or something. And he'll, he'll catch it and go into the same same pitch bend with it, you know, and stuff. And he does some cool tricks like that. Yeah. yeah so definitely. I can appreciate it. Just not really my style, but the but the guitars and stuff were awesome. I thought there were just riffs all through this thing. Good riffs, yep. yeah. And I enjoyed uh, it. The, the drummer was pretty uh, pretty stout, I think, for you know being able to keep up with this this speed of music throughout. You know, every album actually is like this. So, uh, what would you give this thing? Uh, I give it a four. It's definitely better than their last album. Yeah, just the, the riffs are just so strong. The lead guitar playing is so strong. The drumming is so strong. They're incredibly tight. You know, and um, the cor- some of the choruses are just really just infectious. And it does, it, every I've listened to it at least a dozen times, and each time it gets better, which is kind of unusual for an album to get better that many times. So certain parts of the album just stick out and make it even more fun and better every time. So, yeah, I give it a four. Well, I feel like, I feel it's pretty good, too, and it got better for me as well, as we, as we discussed. I'd give it a three and a half. Though, since we were talking about doing kind of a new scale yeah, yeah. for next year, I will... Also, like to give it, I'll say that I was going to give it a seven, but then I'm upgrading it to a seven and a half um, because it got better. So, okay. what would you rate it on on the ten scale? Uh, I give it a four. So I'll give it an eight. Yeah, right. yeah, eight. Out of, it's not it doesn't fall anywhere in between. Eight out of ten sounds right. So actually, we rate it basically the same then in that Very in that similar. case. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it um, does make a difference though. That ten point scale. I've started looking at the albums that we reviewed and starting to take note of what we did review them at. yeah uh-huh and it's it's a very interesting and i'm glad we're going to the 10 point scale you have more room there to think about it in terms of well do i like this album as much <laughs> as this other one that i rated the same i think the i think his dogs have been eating some of his stuff or something he's been pissed off last night i heard him going what is this and i, I oh think oh my he, god I think the bigger dog just ate a bunch of shit or tore something up because he was so mad. Dude, Copper Copper is getting better, but he, he chewed up a, one of the, the kids' easels. Oh, no. <laughs> what are you doing, dude? He's bored. Oh. His bones are inside, you know, so I gave him one of those, and that was all it took. You know, he just gets wants to chew on stuff. 
If he's got his, I give him an antler. Have you given Stan those antlers? Huh. Or is he too old for that? No. Oh, give him like deer antler. You can just buy him at the store, the, you know, the pet shop. What do you got going on uh, the rest of the evening? Uh, nothing. I'm just going to make some food. I, I really am boring, aren't I? No. Uh... <laughs> yeah. You haven't been gonna... doing anything, dude. You haven't been playing video games. You haven't been watching movies. We're like, you've been watching anything on YouTube. Are you sleeping the whole time? What are you doing? Um, well, like last night, Chuck came over again, and we just watched stuff on YouTube. And um, what have you been watching? What kind of stuff have you been watching? Desti- well, uh, Destination Declassified on YouTube. The cha- that channel, I love that channel. But they're doing a, b- a bunch of stuff about, you know, how the, that Israeli guy came out and said, you know, oh yeah, we are definitely being visited. He knows for a fact and. The reason he didn't come out was because, uh, you know, his credibility could be damaged and he was afraid that the public would freak out, especially during, you know, the COVID crisis and all that stuff. You know, someone someone got a hold of that story and uh, ran with it. And so they did a little thing about that today on on that channel. It's kind of interesting. And then, you know, all the different all the different um, it lists out like all the different people high up in government who have come out and said um, recently, especially, you know, yeah, we, we actually are being visited by multiple different races and like the, the governments of, well, the um, ex, the ex defense minister of Canada, Paul Hellyer um, said that there's multiple races that uh, the governments are in contact with and the United States government in particular is in direct contact with, uh, with different races. He was the defense minister of Canada he came out a couple years ago, actually. Um, this guy was a high, high-level guy from Israel, um, and he came out and said, you know, the United States in particular knows a lot more than what they're telling. And in fact, they're in, in direct contact, have been for a long time, and it's an agreement um, based on some like federation of, of planets or something that that um, they're not supposed to uh, not supposed to say anything. They're not ready to come out either because humans are not ready uh, emotionally, psychologically, mentally for that news and they're afraid there'd be mass panic and riots and breakdown of society and all this stuff. And it's like, I think it's just more of the drip fed being drip fed little bits of information as we go. And then sooner or later it'll all come out, you know, but yeah, I thought that was definitely something that people we've talked about it before a little bit, I think, but it's something that the culture has shifted to, right. Where I think now with some of the stuff that has been widely, you know, uh, shown to be, True, right? I mean, that they've admitted, like, oh, yeah, like the Tic Tacs, right? That was one that they admitted, right? That was actually... They don't know where it's they from. They don't know where it was from, what it was. They cannot right. describe it. They, they have accurate measures. Like, it's not disputed that that happened, right? Correct. So and, I and, think certain things like that, as they release, right, it's just being fed, as you said. Drip fed. And, it, and, and it, this, yeah, yeah, exactly. Drip fed. And it's in movies, too. They have, you know, since the 50s, they have all these alien movies, and it's just a way yes. it can... It's a way of conditioning the public, you know. Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. It seems to be more and more coming coming about that, you know. Well, no one can dispute anymore. No one can dispute anymore that UFOs exist. I mean, that's just been proven over and over and over. UFOs exist, and unidentified flying objects doesn't mean that they're not, you know, from it that they're from another planet, whatever. You know, I get that, but um, well, then where the hell are they from? And they're, you know, people see them. It's been reported. It's been on radar as well as sightings at the same time. It's been corroborated by multiple people and now even government officials are coming out and and saying little bits and, and little little tidbits of information about it and then stopping short of just full on disclosure, you know, like, well, government's not ready. It's like, well, you just said something about it. So Yeah. Do you do you think there'd be chaos and pandemonium? I don't know. It seems like so many people are so closed off to the whole they don't even think about it. They're so closed off to the whole subject. You know, it's like I think a majority or half the people would say it never even crosses their mind. You know, it, it never even occurs to them that UFOs exist or, or UAPs or whatever, or that or there could be other races of beings that aren't human or maybe they are human or whatever from another planet watching us, monitoring us, or, or at least like having a, you know, doing a drive by to check out what's going on on Earth. I don't know. But, you know, if, and if that actually came out like the government came out and said to everybody, even people who never think about it or just dismiss it as nonsense, you know, oh, yeah, by the way, um, you know, I want you to meet Zarthon, right? <laughs> yeah, and, well, I mean, but, but they said already, I mean, so they, they've shown this one, the Tic Tacs, they said, yeah, I mean, they've already said it. And I don't think the average person, like, really care. They probably think, like, oh, it's interesting. 
Right, because to me, if to that's, me, well, if that's, they that's said, kind of what, that's kind of what I mean, though. I think most yeah. people just kind of roll their eyes and then not even think about it again. Well, I don't roll my eyes. I wouldn't roll my eyes. But if they, it would be so cool if they divulged it. But if they did, I wouldn't like freak out and have some meltdown. I mean, I'd be like, well, of course, there's life. Not that I'd be surprised, right? Not just of course there's life, but that they're visiting. I mean, they're, yeah. they've been here and probably been checking the planet out for all the diverse flora and fauna before even humans were here. You know. So I don't know. Hell, we could be part of their little creation. We could be the petri dish that they, they keep. You know, this is how life starts. This is how life evolves. This is how you know. Who knows? There's all kinds of different hypotheses about the you know the zoo hypothesis or you know or um I don't know. It's just very very um, complex subject to get into. So yeah, well, like you know, the scale and the scope of it, the timelines and everything are so big, so long, right? That yeah. You could see something. You could think of something like, "Oh, if someone said to you, we've we found proof that there was actually advanced, you know, civilization on Mars. They were able to travel to Earth. This would that had this happened, you know, two million years ago. Whatever it was, we have proof, right? right. You, you would go, okay, it makes sense. Of course, two million years ago is a long time. That could totally happen. But when you're talking about the the, the scale of time, I mean, you could imagine any scenario." It could be that they that the greenhouse gas is there, whatever it is, right? And why they would have to leave. Maybe it was just the natural cycle of things, whatever it was, and they had to leave. And um, two million years is a long time. And right. they ended up coming to Earth. And then rise and fall, rise and fall, multiple civilizations, right? These things could be on scales, again, millions of years that are so long that nothing would remain to even show that there was. And we would never know. We would never and, know. And that perhaps this is one, you know, one uh, group, one colony that blasted out from Mars and there could be other ones that are somewhere else, you know, or this was just the logical, the only place they could go because it fit, right? They determined it was habitable and so they could do it and they came here. I mean, you could imagine all kinds of scenarios. It's fun to think about for sure. Yeah. And, um, uh, you know, you know, this is a little bit off the topic, but you know that um, unmanned, it looks like a miniature space shuttle, but that thing that the U.S. government has been flying around the planet, uh, uh, you know, like nonstop for years. W- what's the deal with that thing? You know, I know something about it, but I that's exactly what I know about it, what you just said. <laughs> so, Well, I, it, I, it landed once. It was up there for a couple years straight, and then it landed. And I, I, it must be gathering information on something, right, or, or it's testing some sort of new system or – but it, I think it's up there again, and it's, it flies for years straight, and no one knows what what the deal is with that thing. It's I mean, a it does. Beacon phoning home, mothership. Well, it's. I mean, it's testing. Maybe it's just testing how you know longevity of of craft, you know, unmanned craft we can have in space, or I don't know. It's, it's just. It could be gathering information, atmospheric information, something, radar, well, satellite. We have satellites for that, though. You know, this is this is like a controlled unmanned. Craft. I mean, it looks like a miniature space shuttle. So it's doing something different. I don't know. It's just kind of strange that it can step. You don't know what it's called? No, no, I forgot what it was even called. Um, And they—they're really uh, the government's pretty mum about it too. Like when if it's it's brought up or they're asked questions about it, they don't—they don't really disclose anything. So it makes it even more kind of like, huh, what's that all about? And there's um, I think they let it go sometimes, right? Sometimes perhaps no news is just don't say anything about it. Yeah, yeah, just move on. Nothing right. to see here. Well, it's yeah, it's like everything though. Yeah, um, I was looking for I was looking for that um, thing with that the Israeli guy. Oh, here it is. Yeah, I meant to ask you, what do these guys say? Do they give specifics? Um, well, here it is. For, former Israeli space security chief says extraterrestrials exist, and Trump knows about it. Yeah, right. A galactic federation has been waiting for humans to reach a stage where we will understand what space and spaceships are. Chem Eshed said, see, a former, he's, a, he's a former Israeli space security chief, and it says he's sent eyebrows shooting heavenward by saying that Earthlings have been in contact with extraterrestrials from a galactic federation. Uh, the unidentified flying objects have asked not to publish that they are here. Humanity is not yet ready. Chaim Eshed, former head of Israeli's defense ministry's space Directorate told Israel's um, Yedut Aharonot newspaper 
I know I pronounced that terrible, but the interview in Hebrew ran on Friday and gained traction after parts were published in English by the, by the Jerusalem Post on Tuesday. A respected professor and retired general, Eshed said the aliens were equally curious about humanity and were seeking to understand the fabric of the universe, unquote. Interesting, huh? Um, there, it says, yeah. this is a quote, there is an agreement between the U.S. government and aliens they signed a contract with us to do experiments here, unquote. Eek. A contract. A contract. So what do they get? Eek. What do they get out of this? I don't know. He doesn't dissolve with that contract. What is the contract? What kind of experiments are they talking about? Well, hey, maybe it's a different race than the reptilians, and they're giving him adrenochrome or something. <laughs> I don't know, man. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Yeah, that's. I don't like that whole contract to do experiments. It's like, wait a minute. Does that mean well, they can? Talk, well, what kind of contract are we talking? Does that about? mean they can come here and get? Can we? They can have some soil samples, or is that part of the whole like abduction thing? Right. 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 Is it that kind of experiments? Let's see. Um, quote: They have been waiting until today for humanity to develop and reach a stage where we will understand in general what space and spaceships are. I should said, referring to the Galactic Federation. The White House and Israeli officials did not immediately respond to NBC News' request for comment. Sue Goff, where are you reading this from? What what website or where are you reading this from? This is NBC News. Oh, nice. When? So, what, what's the date of that article? I'm this, just curious. This is, this is today. Um, let's see. Oh, December eighth. December eighth. Yeah. So what's today? You know, uh, 13th, so yeah. like a week ago or something. But it was only released a week ago, so. Um, it says, although we have yet to find signs of extraterrestrial life, NASA is exploring the solar system and beyond to help us answer fundamental questions, including whether we are alone in the universe, the spokesperson said in a statement. And that was a spokesperson for NASA. They said one of the agency's key goals was the search for life in the universe, but that it had not had yet to find signs of extraterrestrial life, uh, which I say bullshit, actually. Um, that's just more whitewash, in my opinion. Yeah. But, what did um, you say, drip feed? Well, yeah, but NASA, NASA knows. They, they've had astronauts on the moon. They have people up in the space station. They see and photograph and record shit constantly that they just blow off. You know, they'll either they'll either like clip it or scrub it out or say, oh, that's just um, this or that or just some mundane explanation. Everyone goes, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. And it's like, yeah, really? Everything? Okay. Um, let's see. Eshed, who oversaw the launch of numerous Israeli satellites into space, said he was only speaking out now because attitudes were changing and people seemed more receptive. That's interesting. I, I agree, too, don't you? I think people are more receptive. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a cultural shift. I mean, it started in the 50s when I think a lot of the activity happened. And as you said, yeah. perhaps that was around the same time when humans started having these nuclear capabilities right and messing with things and that was when they got got some attention mm -hmm. and perhaps it was around those times and then you know just culturally right i mean it's sort of become i mean you got right. alien t-shirts now and movies and you know, yeah. kinds of stuff so well he says he says here he says quote if i had come up with what i am saying now today five years ago i would have been hospitalized today they're already talking differently I have nothing to lose. I've received my degrees and awards. I am respected in universities abroad. That's trippy. That's kind of cool. Yeah. That's interesting. So how, how long do you think that it'll be before there's more? Like if someone had to say, you know, give me a, a number of years. How many years do you think until they come out or it, it's out that, okay, there really has been. Like they just, they come clean. I'll say it, say it like that. Oh, I don't know. I, I would say it's going to be this century, but I don't know when. It'll definitely yeah. be. It'll definitely be before you know. If we make it that long, you know, if if we can survive the climate change, you know, it says uh, Eshed's uh, comments immediately spawned jokes and theories online. At least a half dozen accounts have been created on Twitter, claiming to be representatives to Earth from the Galactic Federation. What a bunch of dicks! <laughs> <laughs> other users, other, other users has at, have asked for preferential treatment and meetings with the otherworldly group. Nick Pope, I know Nick Pope, who used to investigate UFOs for the British Ministry of Defense, described Eshed's remarks as extraordinary. 
Now he used to be with, yeah, he was with the British De uh, Defense Department. Either this is some sort of practical joke or, or a publicity stunt to help sell his book, perhaps with something having been lost in translation or someone in the know is breaking ranks, he said. Pope said the UFO and conspiracy theory community was excited, but that questions remained, including whether or not Eshed was speaking from direct personal knowledge and experience or whether he is repeating something he has been told. So that's a good point right there. Yeah. He says that there are still some missing pieces of this puzzle, he said. Yeah, so that's a really good point right there. Is this just hearsay and he's repeating it to get publicity for you know, maybe as a book he's got to sell or something? Or does he actually have direct knowledge? Because he's never really, he never really says he has seen, you know, or, you know what I mean? He just I says what he, you're saying. And perhaps, he just says what he knows, you know? Yeah, maybe if it had, that had been part of the stuff that was released with the whole Edward Snowden thing, that'd be more reputable rather than just some random guy. I don't know who this guy is, you know? I'm not discrediting him in any way. I don't know who he is at all, so. Well, he's an ex-security chief um, in the government and a, professor so he's not just some kook you know right. or maybe he is a kook and he's lost his marbles but no i don't think he, yeah, i don't think he has um the thing that makes me question it though is that he says you know how uh, trump knows about extraterrestrials existence and he was on the verge of revealing the information but was asked not to in order to prevent mass hysteria it's like you know if i don't know if uh, if this country hasn't already gone through mass hysteria then i don't think that's going to do it with the whole covid thing you know yeah if there's ever, that was another thing they said was that, you know, in light of this pandemic and everything, this wouldn't be a proper time to come out with that information. It's like everybody's stuck at home. If, if there's ever a time to release this, it's now, right? You don't have a bunch of people out in the, in the streets right now. So I don't know, dude. I mean, the thing for me is like they're making, it seems like a lot of rigmarole to be at this point in life. And for me, if they were like, oh, yeah, we, we found that we, we have had since 1957. We've had contact with these beings that have these amazing capabilities, and we had to sign some treaty with them. Otherwise, they said they would blow up the planet and this whole thing, right? No, that's not how it went. Well, no, but just purpose of example, arbitrarily saying some scenario. Uh -huh. My point being, like, whatever it is, that to me, it'd be like, okay, well, I didn't know about it before, and it wasn't like that I'm having to worry about these crazy capabilities that they have because they haven't done it yet. So, and what can I do about it anyway? So just seems like to me, it's not, not irrelevant because that would be really interesting. Yeah. But I'm not going to like panic and worry about now. Oh my gosh, they could blow up the world at any moment because they haven't. So how does it change? I, I guess a long way of answering you, know, the question earlier was that, no, I don't think there'd be mass hysteria. Nah. Yeah. No. I don't think so either. No. And um, what that was, was not them blowing up the world, but they met with Eisenhower twice, um, offering to share technology with humans, but we had to give up our nuclear weapons. And Eisenhower refused because he said, well, then we'd be at a disadvantage. Russia has, USSR has weapons. How do we defend ourselves? I can't do that. And so they were like, you know, well, good luck then, and then left. Yeah. Well, and then you were talking about all this crazy stuff in the UFO chronology. I don't re recall which volume, but about them shutting off the you know the weapon systems of one i think the united states and firing up the weapon systems of the soviets at that time and dude that's documented fact right that's no i've heard i've heard from that yeah. elsewhere too other places so that's very strange that's crazy isn't it yeah it's yeah. um there's a book um i forgot who the author was but the book's called um uh ufos and nukes and he uh, he's researched this stuff for about 40 years and he tracked down all the people at those bases that were there at the time in the 60s and 70s who uh, witnessed like directly witnessed this this stuff and got all of their affidavits and interviews and stuff. And there's dozens of these guys and they all come out and they're just like, you know, most of them are just like, well, you know, I don't know. I those were definitely not of this earth and they are adamant, you know, and they're like they're sending us a clear message we are playing with fire and we got to knock this shit off, you know, and they're showing us that they can, they can at will turn them on or turn them off. And that, um, do you really want to have this sort of capability, you know, that could destroy yourselves? You know, they're the, the one guy in particular said, you know, this is a direct message to us to, to, to knock off being a bunch of children and get rid of these weapons, you know? So that's pretty, that's pretty strange. It's a cool story too. Yeah. So let me ask you this then. If, if, if you had to, explain your timeline of we'll say this time around because i think you sort of believe 
with me that it's entirely possible that there have been rises and falls and humans are have been around or humanoids have been around a lot longer on earth than 6,000 or even 300,000 years right what's what what is the what would be your best guess as to the timeline of this go around of humans interaction with alien species like kind of when do you think it started and what do you think how do you think it's manip it's trajectory you know the trajectory has been until today does that make sense oh god i don't they've been i they've been multiple multiple races have been watching us since before mesopotamia you know mm-hmm. i mean the, the first the quote unquote first civilization or the first ones that we can find you know prove that actually existed were the sumerians right so what's that um that's only six thousand years or five thousand years of human history so far quote unquote human history so who i don't know man how many times could this have just gone in a circle you know could have been a whole different race that weren't even humans here don't you think well, I, I mean, think that humans as a species go back further than that. Are you talking about in terms of like talking about civili- civilization? Civilization, having your own city, you know, where you're not right. just a hunter gatherer anymore. You're, you're, you know, collectivizing in a city and, and growing your own crops. And you know, the Mes- uh, Sumerians, yeah, Mesopotamia. That's that was the first official um, civilization, right? Okay, so that's, only six, that- that's only six thousand years though. That's like no time at all. That's nothing. Okay, so perhaps they were coming down because you can see UFO type stuff in you know ancient art. But let's say this time around in this society, this gener- not generation, but this version of of the cycle where we are in the modern times. What do you think? Oh, I see what you're saying. The interaction has been the timeline, like kind of when do you think they came? Kind of how do you think that went down? Uh, what do you think it is like today? Like, I'd just be curious to hear what you think. When do I think that, like, they've been checking out Earth? So how do you think it went? Like, do you think, like, okay, they've been around looking at us. Maybe they've had other interactions, but then it was in the 50s because oh, of no, 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 no. Explain to me sort of what you think, like, when you think the, when you think the before first humans Before came. humans were even here. They've been, they've been coming here and checking things out before humans were here. What I'm here. saying is specifically as they related to humans and this humans in this go around, in this society of quote unquote modern times, 6,000 years or 2,000 years or whatever you want to pick. Well, since since before there has been a civilization. Correct. What I'm saying, though, is how, how do you think... So, so right now you're telling me that these guys are coming out with um, accounts of governments having interactions and communications with these, these alien beings, right? So clearly at some point they started interacting with them, right? Yes, they've been around coming since before humans had civilization. Yes, they, maybe they were here before. Yeah, all these other things. When do you think humans in the modern time started interfacing with them? When do you think that was, and how do you think that happened? Interfacing with them? You, you, never, mind, it, never mind. Never mind. Well, that's a convoluted question because, frankly, I don't think I don't think our governments know shit. I don't think we're in contact with some federation. That's just what this guy said. So I guess that's what I'm asking you. So, like for me, okay, maybe it's a better way for me to tell you what I think. So like for me, I think that it would make sense to me that if they were coming around and making themselves known to humans of modern time, it would have been explained, it could, could explain the timing and the inf- and what happened culturally could be explained by it being at around the time that humans d- developed nuclear capabilities of some sort, right? Started tinkering around. That would get attention. So then since that time, there have been ufo sightings and all these things right and there's conspiracies and guys coming out like this saying oh there have been communication whatever whatever what do you think really happened in that the last 70 years or whatever that is like how do you think that all happened and what is the state now does that make sense um i think they've been coming here and checking us out for thousands of years and when we developed nuclear weapons and set the first one off in 1945 that sent out alarm bells and um, they're coming more frequently since just to keep an eye on us and make sure we don't, you know, completely ruin this, this planet. I, I don't know if they even give a shit about humans. Well, that, that's what I was just going to say. So what difference would it make? Let's say they're coming to, to check out what we're doing. Like, is it a matter of curiosity or are yeah, they here I, and they live here already and they're the reptilians or these other beings that live in the earth? Whatever it is, all these other things we've talked about and people you know, have theories about. 
I don't really believe in the whole reptilian thing. I, um, supposedly there are races that look like rep reptiles and others that look like insects. I don't discount that. You know, some people say that they've been abducted and, and some of the like quote leaders of, of the uh, tests um, are in, in charge of the little grays. Like the grays aren't really even, you know, they're, they're, they're manufactured somehow. They're, they're little slaves basically. And they're the ones in control. I don't, I'm not saying that that's not true or whatever, but I don't, I don't really think that there's, I don't really think that there's direct, like it, you know, governmental contact with the aliens myself. I don't know. It seems like they're, it seems like they're as clueless as a lot of people are as to where they're from, you know, how they get here, why they're here, what they're looking at, you know, but I think but you just, do believe perhaps that they gathered these crash sites and this crash debris. You think that they've had some of these things. Do you think there's any credibility to Lazar? Do you think that humans have stumbled upon some of this stuff? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I think so. I, and I think some of it is actually, um, like uh, um, when they find dinosaur bones, you know, they go on an archaeological dig and they come up with some, you know, wow, dinosaurs actually existed. And they start putting the bones together. I think some of the craft and things that they found are things that were here underground, like from who knows how long ago and were from archaeological digs. I think some of them are from there. I, and I don't think, I don't think Lazar is full shit. Actually, I think he's telling the, the absolute truth about what he saw and what he did. Yeah. Yep, there's some interesting stuff that sort of has plausible, you know, you can you could believe it. It seems plausible, and he has, you know, we've talked about it before. The different things that make sense. <laughs> connect well, the dots and, that and, connect. and saying, you know, him coming out and saying all this, he said was for, um, you know, was for uh, protection, you know. He felt like he was going to be yeah. killed or his family was going to be harmed because he had this knowledge. And the only way uh, to save himself or to, to be safe was to just tell everybody. That way, if he was killed, then it would prove that it was all true, right? That that was his logic or his thinking. Yeah. You know, but he's not he's not a rich guy. He hasn't gotten rich through all of this. And, and he doesn't fact, even want the attention, right? No, he's just – he gets nothing but ridicule, yeah. People just think he's full of shit and – lambaste him and, and talk crap about him and yeah he just wants to be left the hell alone you know so that's it that's what i'm getting from it anyway you know so he even says if he could go back he wouldn't say anything he would have just stayed there and worked on these projects somehow you know because it's brought him nothing but just a big pain in the ass and yeah, he's, sure. he's all and he refers to people like well like me he refers to people like me as like kooks like nuts these fucking ufo nuts come you know trying to get a hold of me wanting to talk about ufos he's all I have no interest in UFOs. I have interest in the technology. <laughs> he goes, I have yeah. interest in the technology. I want to know how the technology works. But he's right. like, I'm not some UFO re researcher. He doesn't give a shit. Yeah. And he thought, he said when he first saw one of those crafts and it had an American, of course, it had an American flag like pasted on the side, which cracks me up. And he said when he first saw that, his mind immediately, immediately went to, you know, oh, Oh, that's what all the UFO sightings are about. This is just our technology that people are, you know, attributing to being alien spacecraft, right? So that's uh -huh. what he thought at first. And then he said when he got inside and he couldn't fit because the chairs were really tiny. And he said it was like it was made for a six-year-old. And that that's when like the big light bulb went off above his head and he realized, oh, these aren't these aren't human, right? So that's pretty yeah. weird. Yeah. Now, what one thing I is—I wouldn't say that this is particularly advanced, but it was just one thing that I was thinking about the other day, sort of randomly—is that perhaps um, the distances are so far that these things travel, and maybe they just have to travel that long, these long distances. Maybe there's no way of bending space in some ways. Yeah. But that they're able to send these these uh, probes, for lack of a better term, and they just happen to be so good that all these grays and stuff that that people see and they describe. Maybe they're just like, for lack of a better term, an automaton, a robot, that's, or whatever it is, right? That's what I think. Because they wouldn't make, because they wouldn't make bother to make like give them hair and do all this stuff or something. They're not gonna. I mean, perhaps they have the mod, the enhanced model right. that looks like a human or whatever, right? Right, like, right, right. I mean, if you're just gonna just trying to have, you know, these things come in and collect samples and abduct people or give them their anal probes or their shots right. or whatever it is they're gonna do. Um, and, they, and they can live those long, long durations in space. Right. Yeah. That's kind of what I think, too. Because a lot of these people, too, the, the abduction people, when they they talk about the different beings that are in charge, right? 
whether they're like a, a human looking one or an insect looking one, there's one that looks like a praying mantis, which is really scary. But um, they all seem to be directing little grays. It's almost like they're like a universal tool or something, you know? Just like drones, yeah. Trippy, huh? Yeah. And they wouldn't need to eat and they could just go, I guess, right? Um, like uh, manufactured, but they're made of some sort of biological material, right? Yeah, whatever, whatever that happens to be, right? I mean, I no they idea. wouldn't be like actual metal robots, is what you're saying, right? No, no, no. It would just be, right. you know, whatever it is, and perhaps that's how they, whatever material it is, that shields it from the radiation. I mean, who knows? I don't know what the variables they'd be working with, all right. But yeah, just perhaps that those are actually just automatons or drones that are. Yeah, but the thing is, those those things apparently can like rationalize and think, and it makes me wonder if they're manufactured to travel these long distances. Do they actually have like individual personalities? And if that's the case, probably do they... just drones. They're probably just literally just drones. But they're supposed to controlled, you know, or not. Supposedly, they supposedly can communicate and rationalize and, and and explain things telepathically or something. It's just weird. It's like if if that's well, if they were drones on the same data network, and you're controlling one, and I'm controlling the other. I'm controlling multiple ones, and they have software built in to interface and coordinate with each other, like. It could one could imagine that they would just be part of a system that is aware of the other ones. That'd be something that was worth developing. But they would ha they would have to come to their own conclusions because they wouldn't be in touch with their home base unless they have no, that. We don't know that. And well, that's what I was gonna say. I said unless they have that whole quantum like communication thing down, some right. sort of like quantum communication network or something. Yeah. So you have instantaneous communication with your home planet. That's a that's a whole different topic right there, but yeah, that's well, it'd be, wouldn't it be easier to pass information? I mean, cause if you think about it, even just looking at fiber optics, right? I know it's not, we're not talking about quite the same thing, but just think of fiber optics. It's just a stream of light. Right. And so it, all it's doing is passing, you know, literally binary, right? You'd have so, to figure out how to, yeah. Cause it's a, one, one particle can instantaneously interact with its, uh, with the other particle, you know, it's twin, regardless of the distance in space, right? So you'd have to figure out a way to to send binary from one to another somehow. I don't know how they would how that would work, but maybe they figured that out. Who knows? Yeah, I don't, I don't pretend to understand it. I'm just saying that you could imagine that I some would. technology or understanding of something would be sufficient that you could do something like that and transmit. Even if just controls, right? Right. Then, you know. Or they would have to figure out a way to. Um, they would have to figure out a way for them to, you know, to to manufacture those grays, and have them think on their own. I mean, just like when we sent. Um, well, not necessarily. It could be just a function of the software, right? Like with these cars, if you want to buy a Tesla for ten grand, you get the the full self-driving thing. It'll parallel park for you. It'll perpendicular park. You just let let it do its thing. And it's not, and if there are other ones, I imagine that they would be even better if everyone drove Teslas or everyone drove with the same software that they could all then have this awareness of each other. It would yeah. appear to someone who didn't understand the technology that these cars are sentient and can do all these things and that they're reasoning when perhaps they're not. Well, that, that's what I mean. That's exactly what I'm talking about, though. I'm I mean, perhaps just, the, the grays aren't. Like well, they would have to be because it's just like, it's just like it, the probe they sent to Mars, right? It, the thing has to think on its own when it's going through the atmosphere. It, the radar goes on and it has to judge for it. It has to work out for itself where it's going to land that's safest, right? Because there's a 15-minute time delay in communicating with that. But it's not thinking. It's just taking these well, it's not literally thinking. It's not literally thinking, but it is. It's autonomous. But it's not... Uh, it's not a lot. It's not a lot. Personality, or what you were saying. With right, the no, rays, no, no, right? no. That was just a that was just a question. Like, I wonder if they have a personality, but no. But they would have to be autonomous if they don't have the whole, you know, the whole quantum communication thing down. They would have to be autonomous to figure things out, to figure out what tests to do and how to communicate with humans and this and that. Yeah. So, it's, damn, that's some serious software right there. Sure. Well, Me hey, if they were sufficiently advanced, I mean, it's some serious software that gets this probe to Mars and lands it in this, the system sure. that it does. I mean, it was amazing that last sure. time that they did it. And then I think they're using the same one, right? For this perseverance, they're using the same way they did for the curiosity. Is that right? The sky crane. Yeah. That's yeah, amazing. That's right? yeah. It worked the first time.
uh, should work again, I guess. Yeah. I just watched something about that again, where they were talking about how, how everyone remember how I said, you know, God, it just seems so complicated. It's so much, so many things to fail. Right. Cause you have to do this and you have to do that. And it has to all work perfectly. And the comment, the narrator on the show I was watching was saying, you know, actually it's not really all that complicated. I was just all, Oh, oh really? And he kind of went through it and it's like, okay, I guess it is all just logical steps to get, yeah, you know, to get this big, SUV size thing down safely. So yeah, not to trivialize it, but if you just build in, because you have to build in other factors, right? You have to build in not just the system that can do that, but the system that's able to determine, oh, well, this thing's not working, so let me do this instead—a redundant system or whatever. But the whole system for developing that and detecting that issue, right? Right. Yeah. So if it's not just this one doing this one thing, you have all these other peripheral systems around it. I'm sure Jim could lecture us about it. Yeah, right. That's a lot of work. I mean, just I mean, just the parachute they had on that thing. Oh yeah. Just the parachute was what almost held them back from being able to even do the mission because they kept testing parachute after parachute, and they'd have it in a wind tunnel and it would just fail. And then they showed the next one and it just ripped to shreds. And the one the head of the project would just like his head was in his hands and he's just like, "What am I going to do about this?" And it took them forever just to do the parachute part let alone the like retro rockets and the sky crane. And you know what I mean? So God, that's a yeah, lot of those work. Those are probably parallel working in parallel. They kind of know what they're trying to do. They split that whole thing up into different steps. So you figure out the parachute that can handle it. We're going to worry about the system that determines, you know, when to launch out the parachute. You're going to do the one that does these, the rockets. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like they're working at them in like a linear, they can't no, imagine it's a linear process. No, not a linear process, but it's not. They don't, NASA doesn't compartmentalize like that quite, quite like like Russia or USSR did that, where no one knew what anyone else was doing. Right? They're all working with each other. Is that is that what you're saying? Sure, about? sure. No, I'm not saying that they don't know what what's going on. I'm just saying like if you're gonna build that whole system that does the crane and all this thing, like you would to me without knowing software development really, but like to me it'd be it makes sense to say well. Here's the project. Here's what we've all agreed we're going to try to do. Right. We know that to do this part and this part and this part, it's going to take a crane. It's going to take a rocket system. It's going to take uh, video systems, whatever it is. You work on that part, knowing that that's going to be the problem that we're going to all, all integrate them together for. You work on that part, and then eventually, obviously, at some point, you have to integrate all the systems together. But I would think that that's how you would do it versus waiting linearly until they could figure out the one part you know oh sure yeah yeah that's right yeah but that but that part i mean they they just plowed ahead with the whole project even though they were waiting for that parachute i mean they didn't just stop and wait sure for yeah no yeah. that's what i'm saying yeah yeah yeah, saying. yeah yeah but that's what was holding them back because in in the end it was like the atmosphere is so thin we obviously need this huge parachute to work at all Right. And then so they when they tested it in that tunnel, you should NASA, if you go on like the NASA site or something, look that up. You can see um, the process where that, you know, the head of, of the project was was like checking on the progress of that parachute. And he is just getting so frustrated because it kept showing it just like ripped to shreds. And it's like, how are we going to do this? You know, because you got to make it big and you got to make it stay intact. And you got to make it work. And, and they're having real problems. That was my point was that was the thing. Something as basic as a parachute. That almost held them back from even getting it done. Oh yeah, yeah. Anyway, awesome. hey, you got yeah. some smart people smarter than us working on this stuff. So, yeah, I can barely use my computer. Oh, anyway. I, I know. <laughs> Shut up. <man. laughs> All right, well, let's wrap it up, right? All right, man. Hey, have a All good right. one. Join us on the next Scatterbrain. See you later. Thanks for listening, everyone. Bye bye. They know how to travel the cosmos, not linearly like humans would some way we have not figured out yet. Skipping out of space-time into another dimension to travel virtually wherever they want to go, close to instantaneously. Even in the big scheme of things, if it were to take an Earth year to get across the galaxy, that is virtually instantaneously. And they have figured this out. They have figured out some form of communicating with their probes, spaceships, drones, occupied craft, etc. using some form of quantum communication. Strings of ones and zeros sent via their quantum communication network so they can communicate instantaneously with everything they have sent out. They communicate with one of their ships asking the occupants, what is there? The occupants respond instantaneously, mind you, because this moment in time is the same moment in time everywhere using their quantum communication network, there is nothing here. The home 
planet then asks, what are you talking about? We are staring at the part of sky where you are in, and it is absolutely jammed with stars. It is one of the most highly populated parts of the galaxy that we can visibly see. The craft then responds, yes, we know. That is why you sent us here. But there is nothing there. They would be able to communicate instantaneously with all of their craft, drones, probes, etc., while receiving real-time information about the fact that wherever they go, there may be nothing left, and they will never know why that is, or how everything just happened to vanish. And yet in their home planet they can look up and see those stars and wonder what was tens of millions, or even billions, of light years in the past, realizing and knowing that in real time there is actually nothing left. Possibly in every part of their sky, all around them, and far in the future when the light finally fades to them, if their civilization still exists, they would know exactly what epic the downfall of those stars lie within. But, the light has not vanished yet in their home world, and that is the curse that others have to live with since mastering quantum travel and communication, knowing the future fate of all that lies around them.